Welcome to Chatting with Fate Accompli. I'm your host, Logan Wolf, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Scott Jacobson. Hi. And I fucking got you! I lied <laughs> last week! I lied! <laughs> it's another that Scott long Logan pause episode. you thought it would be filled by someone <laughs> other than Logan? Jest. Pure jest. Infinite Ooh. jest. Got you. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, so another Logan and Scott episode, because... Uh, so, so that's how it works out for yeah. people who have life going on, and now it's just us, the people yeah. who don't have as much life going on, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> so this week, again, since it's a Scott and Logan episode, we're gonna try and keep it. We're gonna try and keep it more so in a realm that we feel like only we can really, or not we can really talk about, but a topic that maybe we have the most interest in, and that you know other people might not have, or the other cast members might not have too much of a. Interesting. So, that being said, we are going to talk about contrivances in games, movies, books, basically. Well, it doesn't have to be all of those, but we're going to talk about contrivances in fiction. Um, I think I'm also going to preference that I will say contrivances and coincidence because I feel like, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, at least in how I'm thinking about them in terms of how they apply in fiction, there's honestly kind of a very thin line that separates coincidence and contrivance. Depending on what you look at. And you know what? Hmm. I'll, I'll explain that. Pretty... I'll explain that more yeah. when we get into it uh, or when I bring up what I mean by that. But yeah, so because some of my examples might be more so coincidence rather than contrivance, but it's kind of like a thin line for that. I think it's like the whole rectangle versus square thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. a square yeah. is a rectangle, but a rectangle yeah. is not a square. And like a contrivance can be a coincidence, but it's not like, a... it's definitely kind of murky. Yeah. Comparing like a diamond and a square. Diamond is just a square rotated. Slide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do we um, want to start with a little bit of backstory what brought us here? Or do you want to just yeah. kind of go with it? Or... We, we can we give some... I'll let you give the backstory. Yeah. Well, just because I feel like it it kind of <laughs> sets us it sets up kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And it, it I think it'll give a good segue into talking yeah. about more concrete examples. Yeah. So I've dropped this a little bit a few times in podcasts before, but in case I wasn't doing it too subtly, I have a YouTube channel. It's the Digital Madman. That's one word. Go there. You can like. You can smash the subscribe button with the mount with the might of Olympus. Do whatever you want. But we have a YouTube channel. <laughs> if you want, sure. I can, free country, I guess. I have a YouTube channel, and my current focus, I guess, my, the series that I'm currently working on, is called the Actually Sucks series. And it's titled that very bluntly because it's talking about games that get a lot of commercial and critical fanfare that I just don't jibe with so well. And it's just me explaining why I don't like those games so much. And the first video that I made in this series was about The Last of Us Part Two. And if you're aware of The Last of Us Part Two, maybe because of the hours of coverage we've given the game kind of on accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll know that it's a very controversial game adversarial almost in the way that it's received by the community yeah <clears throat> some people love it some people don't love it i wasn't a fan of it but at naturally you know 
making a video saying it actually sucks. It's going to attract some attention from both crowds. Yeah. And I don't really engage with comments too much because there's not really much need for me to say, really. But there was a there was one specific comment that I thought worked a little bit of kind of like a counterpoint. And someone was leaving a comment about how claiming that I didn't. It's just, oh, you just don't care when a story eases off of plot to build characters. And, you know, I talked, I came back at them and said, you know, it's, I really think that plot and character should be, they're intertwined and they should develop one another. He came back punching. He was throwing them. He was (laughs) was swinging, swinging wide. But someone jumped in on that conversation and began this whole sort of questionable stance on the idea of character and plot and how they interact. It was a, it, it spiraled a bit and it spiraled in particular after I had mentioned that I felt like the first last of us did a pretty good job of developing a plot and its characters simultaneously through one another. And I said that the last of us part two relies a little bit too heavily on coincidences and contrivances. And I'm sure we'll talk about that this night. I'm sure it's going to come up. Maybe possibly we could. Go on. <laughs> Probably 100%. Anyway, the and so the this person commenting, I guess against me, I don't know, but they were saying that they started making an argument about like, oh, so you, you just can't stand any contrivances or coincidences, even though they're essential for fiction. And they started making comparisons of like little things that just keep the plot going and are obviously there just to keep the plot going with something like a character arc like oh it's a pretty coincidental that in the first the last of us joel is the kind of guy who's on hand to help ellie across the country and he's also the kind of guy that would develop an attachment over nine months of hardship that would effectively leave him dooming the world to save ellie and so obviously there's an imbalance there a little bit you can't necessarily a little tiny bit well, a little, little bit, bit you can't <laughs> you can't necessarily weigh an entire character arc against something like oh they find a map leading to the place they need to go immediately yeah but it, it's a, it still was an interesting comment because in a way the person was kind of right they were spiraling the argument but they weren't necessarily making a wrong point because when you think about it and step back it is kind of a maybe a controversy maybe a coincidence where it's yeah joel's the kind of guy that that would happen to he would have that character arc he would choose to save ellie and you could step back and kind of argue it as you know a coincidence or contrivance but obviously that's imbalanced a kind of bit when with some of the examples we'll talk about yeah but i thought that it brought an interesting question that we're going to talk about tonight is like is it really necessary for there to be coincidences or contrivances in stories like are there any stories that can avoid that is it possible and also of course the question of when's it right and when's it wrong yeah so there's a lot there and we're gonna unpack it all we would yeah i i also read this comment and yeah the the guy had a fair point with horrible reasoning behind it (laughs) yeah it was a point for a separate Uh, argument yeah an argument we're gonna talk about now yeah, because and I suppose I'll give my stance right now. And part of the reason why I was kind of interlacing coincidence and contrivances, because I feel like a coincidence can easily become a contrivance, but it depends on the situation. Um, pretty much the rule I live by in terms of writing. And I'm, God, I 
forgot to look up who said this. I'm fairly certain it was Tolkien. Tolkien. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, Because I'm pretty sure I either read it or heard it when people were talking about Lord of the Rings. And I want to say it was him that said it. Um, That you can use coincidence to get your characters into trouble, but you can never use it to get them out of trouble. And I think that's a very valid point. (laughs) Because if you Mm -hmm. think, I'm trying to think about a very specific example um well for uh we just go general like two people like the good guy and the bad guy just so happen to bump into each other or something you know what i mean uh yeah i think there's a lot of fiction happens like that yeah there's literally a moment in what was it i think it was baki i don't think you've ever seen this but it's an anime on netflix where one of the bad guys literally and i mean quite literally bumps into one of the good guys like just out shopping and they're like well shit what do we do now (laughs) and there's the it was a whole thing where eventually you know they fought but it was just pure coincidence that they happened to meet there no the both of them were surprised they're just like what the hell (laughs) like why are you here (laughs) so it was but that was like you know that was like okay fair enough it's not like that's the thing that i think um hold on one sec he's drinking his knowledge juice (laughs) yes he needs this to be knowledgeable yeah i had to refill um (laughs) oh he didn't drink enough i I forgot (laughs) um Wait, you th- you think it over for a second? Yeah, I I oh my god, I took I, a sip of water the... and I literally forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, it was anti knowledge juice, Logan. <laughs> you fool! Damn it! Uh, they look the same. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> but I I think like what you're uh, kind of getting at is that this uh, is a coincidence, but it leads to something. You know, it leads to more of a story being told. Yeah, and I think that's the obvious first like major distinction between like a good coincidence and a bad coincidence that was the thing i was going to say before i forget again is that should you win should, blah, 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 should you use coincidence a ton in your stories even to get characters into trouble no obviously not but can you say that coincidence is always a bad thing no because it literally happens in the real world i i have randomly run into people you know just out shopping whatever hell when i was in college I didn't realize that someone from my high school went to that college until I randomly ran into them at like the mess hall. And then we just sat and talked for a while. I was like, oh, cool. It was nice catching up with you. That's completely coincidental that we are both just so happen from all the colleges across the United States to go to this one. And then I just so happened to see you here. And I had no idea that you were here. We didn't plan that at all. Yeah. And then we, and then we had a, a epic, fist fight and ka-chow. i don't know it's true i was there I was yeah there. <laughs> but coincidences do happen mm-hmm. in the real world so saying well you we we're getting the... back into yeah. the uh, whole like real debate that we had on a podcast many moons ago <laughs> at this point yes which is in, when it comes to fiction especially you know people don't really want real they want perfect real yes and so, you know, coincidences happen and that's real. And that's what happens in life. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty common writing advice you'll get. Like, you don't 
like crazy things will happen in life due to a series of coincidences yeah. but in a story it's not really satisfying when it's just like oh it just happened to have it just happened to happen <laughs> and i think True. that that quote really touches on the importance of it because you know sure circumstance can happen and okay now they're in the situation it had to be them right it's they're yeah. just in it now but we don't want them to just just as easily get out of the situation yeah you know? they we want them to come out of that situation learning how to surmount it having grown in some way having bested it by their own ability or yeah. maybe they don't but then that leads to something else you know yes. it's this interrelation that makes that eventually conclusion you know good and if it's yeah. just like oh hey and then they got picked up by the back of their uh, bootstraps and sat on a horse and then they just drove off into the uh is the wonderful ending sunset yeah it's, it's not satisfying now obviously that's nah. a bit of an exaggeration yeah it's really in stories it's really more little things like yeah. okay of course that that this thing happened just so the person can't die yeah like I to, we to touch <laughs> yeah. on the last of us a bit because it's a good example of this. You have a lot of situations in the first The Last of Us in which Joel will go to a place specifically, you know, with a reason in mind. You know, he'll go to Bill's town because he needs a car and he knows he has a friend there who, you know, who has the know-how and ability to somehow get a car. Yeah. Or he goes to Tommy's settlement to further the plot of bringing Ellie closer west where she needs to be, but also to like kind of drop her off there because at this point in his character arc he's not she's still just kind of a mission to him yeah and it's through the jackson settlement that we kind of that changes ellie runs off and her distress of being just dropped off really resonates with joel then he decides to reverse the decision and continue going west with ellie and so you know that's the plot moving it's also the characters moving and there's not really any coincidences as a result of that yeah but The Last of Us Part Two doesn't really do that a lot. A lot of the times it keeps the plot moving just so the plot can keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> and and w- I'm sure we brought this up somewhere in the three-hour miasma of noise <laughs> that we created in our uh, discussion. But there yeah. are a lot of instances in Last of Us Part Two that it's just, it's just so obvious that it's there to just keep the plot moving. Like when Abby falls from like 10 stories in the air... <laughs> Uh, which is already like a million stories in the air, but then she falls 10 stories into a pool that was just filled with water. And it's like, she should be dead, but luckily she found the one rooftop with a pool with water in it to fall into. Yes. Clean water. Or Logan, your favorite moment when Abby goes through an entire mission. Why don't you describe it? I want to hear you angry. So (laughs) I want to hear you angry. So, Scott and I both have very specific moments that we call like that just like immediately pop out to us in terms of contrivances in the last of us part two. Like the biggest ones were like the biggest problems. Scott already explained his mind is that Abby. So Abby starts out and she goes with Yara and Yara is a one armed, like not sickly, but she's like, you know, kind of weak and has one arm due to an, uh, an illness caused by complications from an injury. She's yeah. got one arm left. Yes. And she's not in great shape. She's not in great shape, like, at all. And so Abby leaves her at, like, the beginning of the mission, She and she tells her, I think she tells her, like, stay there, or something like that. And then Abby goes confident. through... Yeah. 
that she does. Abby goes through this mission, um, sneaking around, fighting. I'm fairly certain she climbs over things, and there, you know, there's a bunch of set pieces and whatnot in the level. There's a lot of verticality involved. There's a lot of verticality. And overall, uh, just, distance, a lot of verticality. Yes. And you get through it all. Um, and at the very end, Abby is fighting, or Tommy ambushes Abby. And he's essentially about to throw her, what is it, over the edge into the water or something like that? In any case, basically, he, Tommy's winning. Tommy is winning against Abby. Um, and then, <laughs> literally, after all of that, all that distance, all of that, literally just out of nowhere, Yara, one-armed Superman, comes out of nowhere. And I don't remember what she even does. But she somehow gets Tommy off of Abby, and then Abby pushes Tommy over the edge. Now, that doesn't kill him, but Yara literally just ex machina Abby. Like, she literally came out of nowhere, RKO'd Tommy, and allowed Abby to to save abby she she there like literally there was no way that she followed you through all of that in order to be able to save you like no way and you know if you turn around just so abby can keep living like that's the start and end of it yep and it's just like and it's even if that was in a good game I would still have a problem with it because it comes again, this person who under every circumstance should not be able to conceivably do this, does this. So the plot can continue and our characters can continue living, even though she should have. And God, I, God, that would have been so nice if Tommy just killed Abby there. Oh, that would have been just, but I'll I'll say that. that Yeah. 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 Uh, Back to the topic at hand. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, so that was a big point for me because it really pulls you out of the story because you're not like, oh man, yeah, she saved him. You're like, how the fuck did you get here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I had to do to get here? How the hell are you here? <laughs> that happens a lot in games, especially. Yeah. Yeah. When oh, yeah. You go through an entire level and then your uh, support <laughs> character just jogs up, like, oh, you wouldn't believe what I had to get through. You're just like, like you're no, tell there, me. You're tell sitting me. there with like your arm half cut off and like you're bleeding and like you're in a horrible position. Yeah. Then the support character is just like, hey, man, I can't believe we made it. And you're just like, you could have been helpful in getting here, asshole. Where, <laughs> Where were, were you? you? <laughs> We just fought a dragon. Where were you? <laughs> were you sitting on the sidelines watching and not helping? You dick. There's a cool nature trail over there. It's really calm and peaceful. <laughs> Thanks for telling us. I'm so glad. Man, it's almost like we had walkie talkies, which you could have told us at any point and decided not to. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, that... I, I agree. That happens a lot. That happens a lot more in games where people just. Mm-hmm. Now, that happens a lot in games. In movies, it's more like, oh, they're there. That's cool. Yeah. Of course, they're in the hospital at the same time uh, I need to be in the hospital. Yeah. That's good. So then things can keep going. Sorry, I interrupted I think, you, though. Well, no, I was going to say, I think the only issue with games is sometimes, sometimes that's not necessarily story related you know the support characters coming up like for instance if you're 
I don't know, playing like an RPG and you have a party of people or whatever, you know, maybe you can't have everyone in the party or like, you know, or it's like whoever gave you the quest or whatever. And they just, you know, they're there because they have to end the quest. It's not because the game told you explicitly that they followed you. It's just that, you know, you finish the quest and here they are. So it's sometimes it's a bit, sometimes you can forgive those a bit more just because it's not necessarily the story telling you that, Hey, they, you know, showed up. It's just, that's how the game is working, but it is, Mm -hmm. you still, even though you can forgive it, you still have that reaction of like, Oh, well, thank you for doing nothing. (laughs) But, uh, so I, and and I'm mostly specifically thinking of like RPGs because there's, there are some RPG quests where it's like, you go in through the entire dungeon, you finish it, and then like whoever gave you the quest is all of a sudden at the bottom of the dungeon, and you're just like, "What? The, the, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> How'd you get here? <laughs> yeah, hey, who's this guy?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's really noticeable when it's, and, and I think that I think <clears throat> a really easy distinction to make: if something happens just to further the plot, then that's pretty easily identifiable as you know something contrived yes whereas if it's at the beginning there's a lot more leeway i think because sure it might be coincidental but it leads to something greater and it leads to you know some story actually being told and also when it happens in the beginning if you think that that's if you think that it's all bad you kind of have to ignore that these things also happen in the real world as well like, you got to be really nitpicky about it, which is like, I mean, cool, I guess you can do that, but that doesn't make it invalid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when, it, when the entire piece of media is structured around that event happening, yeah, at some point you got to step back and just accept that that happened, you know? Yeah. Isn't it just coincidental that the the ranger that the hobbits found was Aragon and he just so happened to be the the king of the king of uh fuck what the f- Minas you, Tirith? you picked the Thank wrong you. Minas person you picked the wrong person yeah no, no sorry i i was <laughs> I, I can't was, help you there i was blanking on the name he's like the king in the you know the Minas Tirith and you know oh, that's fucking convenient but even though the entire well not the entire story but aragon's story anyways about coming to terms to that with that and all that other kind of shit but well that's a that's a big thing in fiction too where it's like really important people like oh good they just happened to me yeah that's something in fiction that i don't know if that's i, I think it depends on the label this on under it. contrivance but yeah, every story, and I mean, I guess it makes sense, but there's just, you know, I guess it's kind of become a trope in fiction for, you know, the main character that just so happens to, yeah, find all these important people and, you know, it's like their destiny and all that other kind of jazz. And it's like, no one's just like kind of like a normal person anymore that gets thrown into these situations. It's like, yeah, not like it's not like a normal person who gets thrown into these situations and then adapts and then becomes like, you know, the super cool guy. It's more mm-hmm. so you were destined to be super cool because you got the blood of the king or whatever. Or, yeah, not, I'm not saying that about Lord of the Rings. I just well, realized what I in a bag said. in a cooler yeah. somewhere. No, but you're like you're the destined one, and like this is why you're doing this. It's because it's your destiny, yeah. not because you're cool. It's it just because this is what you were you're expected to do, and it's just like mm-hmm. that's. Would you label that under a contrivance 
or what is that just kind of like a trope that's kind of been uh uh soaking fiction for a while now i like, think it's i could see it either way i think it <clears throat> comes down to and let me, i don't okay. know if there's a let broad me, let me rephrase that question is it is that nitpicking is it too it. is it too nitpicky to say that that's or is that even the right question? <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. And yeah. I think that it, it there, there's definitely an aspect of believability to maintain. Yeah. And there's definitely sometimes credibility gets pushed. To throw in an example of something that I think kind of retroactively went too far. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of exemplify this, what you're talking about. Yes. It, uh, Ratchet and Clank. In the original Ratchet and Clank game in 2002, Ratchet's just living on a planet. He's been living there all his life. He's never left. Cool he's trying guy. to leave the planet. He's just being a he's just being a dude. He's just chilling. Cool. He's fine. Being a dude, bro. And Clank, who you'll notice is the other character in the title, pretty important stuff, crashes onto his planet Hope trying to escape this the main bad guy because Clank Clank is basically R two D two. He's got the <laughs> bad guy's plan saved. He's looking for someone who can help. Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> okay, Clank crash landed on the exact planet he needed to because you know hey hero ratchet will help you he's like the one guy who in the galaxy who can save the day and so but you know there's something that builds out of that you know ratchet who's this is nobody who's just living in backwoods and just wants to see the galaxy kind he goes like on star this wars. whole journey <laughs> it's very similar to star wars the first ratchet yeah. game actually yeah <laughs> and just like star wars ratchet goes on this huge adventure and then he he changes you know he starts off pretty selfish because of course you know he's been living alone of course, yeah. what do you expect? Yep. Uh, but then as he as the story progresses and as Clank kind of impresses upon him the importance of things that are going on, he just he becomes a hero. He <laughs> he opens his heart, so to speak. And so no, in Ratchet starting as Logan, keep it together. <laughs> Ratchet starting as just this random yokel in the galaxy, you know, it has that sort of aspect to it where it's like it's coincidental, but it's just, he's also just some, like some random guy, you know? Yeah. But then in the later Ratchet games, they introduced this lore retroactively. It was in the PS3 era. They added this lore that actually Ratchet, his species, the Lombaxes, are storied inventors. They are one of the greatest species known to mankind. They saved the universe more than like 20 times. They're incredible people, and Ratchet is one of them. Oh my God. They're and so then cool. Clank. Clank was created to maintain time in the great clock in the center of the universe, give or take 50 feet. And he alone <laughs> can bear this onus. And now we're starting to, you know, retroactively make it so like, okay, so not only was it just like he crash landed on this planet and okay, they became heroes and whatnot, but you're telling me the very last of the best species ever, very last apparently, and the in the mystic keeper of all time in the universe just happened to crash land on the same planet that's when it starts to push you know credibility and it feels well, more artificial i would say well it, i feel like another point to that is yes that i agree that makes it way more contrived and like coincidental but and maybe this is maybe we shouldn't delve too much into this but what's the why why does why does ratchet need to be a part of some super race that saved the universe a billion times why can't he just be mm -hmm. some guy like yeah I, and exactly this might be a subject for another topic because i don't know i feel like a lot of writer maybe maybe not eh, i don't know i feel like it's a really really common trope in fiction nowadays that your main character can't just be some guy like they have to be some 
mystic hero or whatever that like it's the, yeah again like we were saying before like it's their destiny to do all this stuff and whatever like they can't they can't come from nothing they have to be something mm-hmm. so or like you know yeah they have to be part of like a race or like a family that was like oh they were the great heroes of the generation and they saved the world so many times that it's in your blood to do this it's like okay he can't just be can't just be a guy like yeah. honest to god i'd even take it if it's like oh you know our family was a clan of warriors but you know we were just really good at fighting we didn't actually really you know we're not like some legendary thing or like it's not you know it's not like your destiny like maybe that could give some credence to how the person you know like knows how to fight really well and some background Mm -hmm. but it's not like he's in the end of the day he's still just a guy he just knows how to fight really well but it's it's still it's like yeah but no it has to be oh we were the clan that saved the world 15 times and that was your turn (laughs) it's just like yeah I, I would say that it's a good, like, it's a pretty significant contrivance. I feel like this whole chosen one thing. Yeah. That I'm not, I don't, these days it's hard to say really, but yeah. it's definitely been something. Oh yeah. And I feel like definitely in the 2010s, it really kicked into prominence. I think it's because Star Wars before, was maybe. so popular that people are like, wow, that's, that's how it, that's, that's what it was. Even though it, well, kind of, I feel like Star was Wars kind of started it. Kinda, well, you know what? Well, yeah, because wasn't Luke, was... like wasn't you were saying it like Luke and Ratchet like kind of like starting off as just random people. Would you? Yeah, it does Luke kind of become have his chosen one thing to him? I'm asking well, the whole, asking because I don't know this. The stuff. whole thing with Star Wars and spoilers, real quick, in case you haven't seen Star Wars, the chosen, bruh, the chosen one is actually Anakin, so you know Darth Vader, Luke's father, because is that Luke's what Luke's father? Um, he has what? Because shut up, because. The Emperor actually gets, like, the, the person that changes everything actually is Darth Vader in the end, because, you know, Anakin kills, well, you know, unless you believe the, the sequels, uh, Anakin kills the Emperor, and that was the whole reason why people kept calling him the Chosen One, but Star Wars focuses a lot on, like, this whole Chosen One thing and destiny and bringing balance to the Force and stuff. Um, but I would, honestly, they do it in such a way, because Luke isn't the Chosen One, which... And but he's like the main focus. It's actually Darth Vader, his father, which they explored more in the prequels, kind of. But yeah, no, it was it was there's a whole prophecy that, yeah, the chosen one is supposed to bring balance to the force. That was a big that's a big thing in Star Wars. Um, so I see I I, mm, I don't know. I'll. Okay, I'm going to retract my statement. I don't know if Star Wars started it. I'll just say I wouldn't be surprised if it did. <laughs> this kind of like idea of like the chosen one and all this other kind of stuff. Or um, if people just sort of misinterpreted it. Yeah. Because I mean, but there's also things that there's also movies that do it well. Like, for instance, uh, I think The Matrix does it pretty well. Because I, I don't know. I think it's how you also execute it. Um, but I will say the Matrix and Star Wars, you know, those came out at a time where that kind of idea was still fairly fresh. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool that they're the chosen one. But I think nowadays it's just become so overused that now I'm just kind of sick of seeing it. So I don't even necessarily I don't even know if the whole chosen one thing, if it's done well, um, and they're not just made Mary Sue's by it. Um, I think it, you know, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just think it's, I just think it's overdone. <laughs> Again, but shit, but that's, well, I guess that's kind of related, but 
that might not that i think it can definitely be considered that uh well it, it i think it definitely lends an extra layer to when yeah. coincidences do happen okay yeah. they happened to the one specific guy and not yeah. just like you know what i'm saying yeah like it's not just the guy that happened to be passing by it's that the guy that happened to be passing by is so cool he can literally explode a supernova with <laughs> one teardrop yeah and it, uh. it pushes that credibility and makes you have to i guess work for it more to not be so distracting yeah that's the big thing that these coincidences and contrivances do it's they just they distract yeah they're just there to, sh- to just keep the set moving maybe that's what star wars and the matrix does better is that the hero even though they're the chosen ones they still have to go on a journey to actually get strong and whatnot but i feel like maybe nowadays the whole chosen one thing is more so just kind of an excuse to get the characters out of trouble and be like oh well they're the secret chosen one so they have these super special powers but this powers can only activate at certain times and we need to get the character out of the situation so now their super secret power comes out bing bada boom defeat the person and now we're out of it but now they can't activate it again or you know something like that where they don't understand that i mean neo kind of did it at the end of the matrix but Neo also struggled the whole movie and it only happened at the very, very end of the movie. Like, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it, nec- I don't know if you want to say it makes sense because I haven't seen in the matrix in a while. So I don't want to speak to that, <laughs> but, uh, but Luke also trained a bunch. Like it wasn't like, sure. He might've been, you know, more in tune with the force than most Jedi, but he did still have to train to like, get to his full potential i feel like nowadays people kind of miss the point they're just like okay mm-hmm. my character is the chosen one therefore they can do whatever the hell they want whenever i want the op and yeah stuff like that so i feel like that's in terms of contrivances that's actually i think actually a really big problematic one and mm-hmm. it might not even necessarily be too much um in western media but is stuff in like like anime and manga that can definitely be like a huge thing i will say is that though this idea of uh the chosen one and having these super secret powers can be really annoying because well one is usually like the power of fringe uh <laughs> which is the power of the which that's I, actually you know what that might also be another contrivance with the power of fringe um the, the protagonist is just pulling the ability to kill the bad guy out of their ass because they believe really hard. Yeah, you, you know what? That might be a better. Yeah, you know what? That's probably a better. That's a more. That's a more apt description of what it is. Yeah, it's that. It's like I yeah. believe in my friends, <laughs> and all of a sudden they can win. Uh, yeah. Now that might be that. No, nah, I would still. It, it's maybe leaning more into the trope side but i would say it's still a kind of uh contrivance because they literally just pull it out of their ass um <laughs> especially because it's usually preceded by the bad guy literally like turning them into floor polish <laughs> yeah. just beating them so horribly like they can't land a single attack yeah and then the, then the protagonist is like i'm not giving up my friends Ooh. wouldn't give up on me so i can't give up here and then they have this renewed strength and then they easily like just backhand the bad guy yeah, who now can't land a single attack. <laughs> yeah. Now, and even with that concept, even though that is a contrivance, I even think even that though, I think could work if you execute it well. Like, I, I just want to make mm-hmm. it clear that I'm not saying that this is a bad thing and you can't have that, but 
it has to be executed very well. You can't just pull it out because you need the you need your characters to do whatever. It should be it should make sense in universe and why whatever their power is activating and why they're real strong now, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, too many too many too much media nowadays doesn't really understand that and they just kind of use it as a button to get to just re- resolve the issue. <laughs> yeah. Would you and say And I would argue that that is a contrivance. If it it because what I said before and you can use and you know, it's coincidence. I said coincidence before, but the same kind of logic I feel like applies like a contrivance can be used maybe take this with a grain of salt. A contrivance can be used to get uh, your characters into trouble but what you don't need to take with a grain of salt is contrivances should not be at all used to get your characters out of trouble and a lot of me- media nowadays does not understand that <laughs> would you, you say ask? yeah no uh <laughs> if anything you teach me up even better oh excellent. would you say kind of playing with uh, an example that you were giving before in star wars yes when you have luke who trained a lot <clears throat> would you then say that ray in the new trilogy <laughs> was exactly what you're describing yes. in which she got no training, but then at the end of, you know, movie seven, she just has these powers, these force powers. Oh, and Ray, she's kicking ass and stuff. Ray is an absolute Mary Sue. Like, and I'm not even saying that, like, I don't super care for the new movies, but Ray is absolutely a Mary Sue where she just has these powers and is like friggin' perfect. And, is just super good at what she does and er, super good at everything that she does, even if she has no experience. Like if she, if, if her thing was, she was really good at survival and whatnot, that'd be fine with me because she lived on a, on a desert planet her whole life. Like she had to fend for herself. So obviously she probably picked up some survival skills, some fighting skills, like that's fine. But just to be able to pick up a lightsaber and then just be super good. And it's not even with a lightsaber because, like, I don't think a lot carries over between staffs and, like, a one-handed weapon. But, you know, I maybe I could kind of see that uh, to some degree. But the whole thing for me is she was she's just, like, super good with the Force just right off the bat. And it's just like, why? Like, every other person had to go through some sort of training. Now... I feel like what they could have done with Ray, because I've heard some in terms of to try and get away from some of the contrivances, but while also keeping her super strong or whatever, I don't know. Um, I feel, I feel like it would have been a less contrived. It was, it's fine if she's super strong with the force and she can like do stuff with it, like pretty quickly, but she has to be sloppy with it. Like she can't really control yeah. it. And the way that you that it's not contrived is, yes, they're super powerful and they can do these things, but they have like no control. Like maybe she accidentally almost like hurts her friends or something because she's using it. But because she can't control it that well, you know, it's a problem. So she has to train in order to get it under control. And then you can say, okay, Mm -hmm. she's super strong now with the force and whatnot, but and the reason she can do all these amazing things now is because she actually trained with it. So now she can actually control it. Like we established that she's very connected Mm -hmm. and very strong with it, but we've actually shown like training and whatnot for her to go through to actually control it. So now she can do all like the super badass stuff or or all the super quote unquote cool things that she does in the last, uh, whatever the last star Wars movie was. I don't remember, but, uh, but Uh, they don't do that breakfast. I think. 
Yeah, yes. Star Wars chili for breakfast. Yes. Uh, but they don't do that. Ray's just super good. She's super strong with the Force, and she can control her powers pretty much instantaneously. Or maybe not even instantaneously, but, like, every power she attempts, she does perfectly with, like, no consequences. Like, she Jedi mind tricks a guard, like, super easily. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like okay. So how she did Ray? Just, is, she does yeah. destroy the the ship in the ninth one, like I think on accident because she's got like lightning powers. But then that in itself <laughs> kind of opens up another uh, contrivance with oh the whole God. Palpatine lineage and whatnot. The whole Palpatine is still alive is a contrivance. Absolutely, throw down a he got thrown into the Death Star and blew up. <laughs> but the dark side of the Force, Logan. It keeps me looking fresh and feeling fresher. Dead you are. Oh, Yoda. <laughs> you old you sponge. You look terrible. You look terrible. I was going to get that. Dead? I would like you to be. <laughs> a chair. A perfect size for my little body. <laughs> for those no of you who don't understand this. it, yeah, there's, there's an animation of, uh, quote-unquote, explaining how the Emperor survived. And it's just it's a it's a joke on like how stupid it is that he could have possibly survived the Death Star. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but Palpatine being being alive is uh, I'll say this. Another big contrivance that's really annoying is especially when series go on for a while is bringing back like the old villain and it's being like, oh, yeah, they weren't actually defeated. They're just back now. So now the new characters. can. Yeah, that's hugely it's a contrivance and it's also a punch in the nuts to the story before because it's like okay cool so the other hero's efforts was are completely invalidated excellent i'm so glad that we did that yeah Uh, (laughs) but at the same time we're gonna beat him again so yeah yeah so it's like cool so uh, yeah 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 there's a lot of yeah and then all the old characters come back and they're like oh (laughs) And they're all bitter. Yeah. yeah. Always bitter. Yeah. I think, but, uh, I don't know how well Star Wars exemplifies this. You can probably tell me, but I think Star Wars has invited and probably takes part in another sort of contrivance that's a little more general than what we've been talking mm-hmm. about. But in fictions that have like, they, they have some like coverall answer for if something weird happens or if they need to just do some like weird ability, yeah. they can just say like, <laughs> oh, it was the force. The, only, the yeah. other example I can think of is Bioshock with Adam. Yeah. Where Adam is just kind of like a crutch. They can be like, well, why can that happen? Oh, Adam. Yeah. And it, it starts pushing credibility again. Yeah, I would say Star Wars can push it, but I wouldn't say that it does it too much. Or if it does it, um, at least in, I don't I, I don't even remember about the new trilogy, but at least the older one, there was some weird stuff, but the movie gave enough of an explanation where it didn't tell you exactly why, but it gave you kind of like, you know, a fairly all right idea of like, okay, this is just something that happened or like, you know, this is why this happens like kind of vaguely, but it's enough where you're like, okay, fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it makes sense in terms of what you've established with me movie. I can believe that. Um, I think Star Wars is a fairly all right um, thing of it. Um, and I feel like that can, I don't know. Would you disagree that Bioshock is kind of along that same lines where it kind of tells you like, you know, it manipulates your DNA so you can do all this crazy shit 
like well that's that's why they get away with it because that's what they say yeah like well it's just adam and adam can do that like why does the final boss turn into just like a living statue okay you know what that's adam okay (laughs) he just got adam and he can do all that yeah yeah. he's got adam in terms okay i will say in terms of like the superpowers and stuff i'm okay with it but yeah you know what i totally forgot that fontaine just was (laughs) just statue guy because of adam and he's like yeah he's bronzed up (laughs) and say how did that happen i don't know adam 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 did it yeah God damn it, Adam. There's there's yeah. like there's gonna be a person named Adam listening to this, and there's gonna be like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I blame you. This is gonna We're become Barrett's story. We're just shouting at Adam. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean agree. obviously magic is in most stories, if magic is involved, then that's yeah. Yeah. magic's a big one. Magic is absolutely a big one, but I there's a very thin line that you have to walk on where you want to explain magic well enough so when something like that does happen the explanation of oh it's magic is you know at least well thought out enough and has enough information for the audience to be like okay you know that's still weird but magic and you've explained it well enough to where i can believe that but you also don't want to unless you really really want to and keep track of it all the time you also don't probably don't want to super in-depth explain your magic system because you're going to be tying yourself down. Yeah. So it's like, also, does the audience really care is also part of that too. Mm. But um, so, yeah, no, it's a really, it's a very, very thin line where I would argue that they're all, sure, they're all still contrivances, but some are explained well enough that it's like, okay, I can forgive it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. so long as it's not distracting from how the story gets told, yes. which is, I think, underlying everything we've been talking about. Yes, exactly. I agree. Writing a story without contrivances, I think, is literally impossible. I, I don't think you yeah. can do it, but you can write the contrivances well enough that, yeah, it doesn't distract from the them. story. It makes mm-hmm. sense enough so the audience isn't just like, what the fuck? They're just like, yeah, okay, you know. That's a that's strange, but you know it. I can believe it, and that's yeah. the whole thing. If you want a contrivance in your story, which you know you're gonna have to at some point, I bet you a hundred dollars. There's no way you could write a like full length story and not have a single contrivance in it. You have to write it well enough where it's like, okay, I like you know, obviously that is a coincidence or a contrivance, but it's like either so yeah. small or like you know just it makes sense that this could happen in this world that I can forgive it. And yeah, it's not distracting me from the plot. So it's it's a very thin line. It's a very hard mm-hmm. line to get right. But you should try your damnedest to make it right. Or to yeah. not make it right. But to try and do it the best you can. And I'm not saying it has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be something that completely flows. Whatever, you know. As long, But as long as it's not super distracting you'll probably mm-hmm. be fine. <laughs> and this is not having it as a storytelling tool. Yes. Like to go back yeah. to the first example, The Last of Us, the plot yeah. moves forward because yeah. the characters have goals in mind. If there's an overarching plot going on and what the characters do causes that plot to come together. Yeah. It's out of their agency that things happen. But so when you have situations where it's like, okay, well, they just a map fell out of nowhere. This is where the treasure's buried. Go find it. That's not interesting. That's not 
built out of it. Like you can start with a coincidence. Uh, I've been sitting here this whole time and over the past few days trying to think of a story that, that you doesn't could start with that, a coincidence. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I. Yeah. And exactly. it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Every. I mean, there. <laughs> there's it everywhere. The closest I think I came was like Sly One, because you could kind of see because Sly comes from a whole family of master thieves. So there's this prestige base, you know, on their legacy. And when he's young, this rival clan of thieves, so to speak, comes and kills his father in front of his face. Jesus Christ. I forgot. Yep, no, that. That's, that happens. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he's, he's his dad die. Uh, and then later in the story, you know, the story of the first game is years later. Now that he has the skills, he's going to go take back what they stole. Yeah. His but father's even life. Still, yeah. <laughs> but even still, you know, there's coincidences, you know, throughout the story. Hey, good thing the bad guys don't leave their hideouts ever. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't go on vacation or anything. But then I also forgot the really big one where that he he went to the orphanage and that's where he met, you know, the rest of his gang, Bentley <sighs> and Murray. Yeah. And but it's like it doesn't it, it goes somewhere. Yeah. You know what? I was gonna bring up Borderlands too, but part of it you know, you want know. Because Borderlands 2, like, Jack is specifically luring vault hunters onto, like, to Pandora in order to kill them. So, like, it's not a coincidence that the vault hunters are there. Like, that's the point. They got lured. But I guess the coincidence could be that they all decided to, I don't know, travel together and fight Jack. And they just so happened to, you know what? No, they just so happened to run into Claptrap. You know what? No, that's a coincidence. They just so happen to run into Claptrap, who knows the people from the first game that are doing all this stuff. But again, it's to get your characters into the plot. And it, I, you know what? No, I can't think of a single story that mm. doesn't have the, what, that you couldn't that you could say definitively does not start yeah. with a coincidence to get the plot going. Yeah. Just right now, I thought about I could do a quick run through maybe Silent Hill 2. Because there's a lot of like gray area where you can argue that certain things happen because the town is making them happen. Like obviously it starts out James gets a letter from his wife who's it's weird. Why would you be sending a letter when she's been dead for several years? Interesting. Yeah. And so immediately that's establishing that something's wrong. Something like mystic woobly woobly is going on. So that could account for some things. But I don't know if that's like there's something that about that's just not satisfying like yeah <laughs> you know i i maybe you could make arguments like maybe that's not the case maybe that he just ran into laura for example another character maybe he just ran into angela so and see that isn't that the issue that yeah. sometimes if it is a coincidence it's not or if if it's a coincidence to get out of trouble it's not like satisfying but sometimes when it's not a coincidence to get into trouble it's still not satisfying yeah. So it's like coincidences and contrivances can be can be used to actually be satisfying in the plot, but you have to be really, really, really careful when you use them. Rule have of to thumb, go somewhere. Rule of thumb again seems to be to start the plot, to begin the plot, but never ever to end the plot. And you should be careful mm-hmm. in how you use them to drive the plot. Like, yeah. If yeah. you come to a juncture in your own in creative work in which something is happening and you're like, okay, oh, I need scene A to connect to scene C, but what does B look like? Try it. You know, you need to think about it like, well, how would the characters do yeah. that? 
what could they be doing in their journey that would bring them to this point rather than saying, Oh, Hey, there's the building. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in there. Hey, that's the one with the sign on every it. days. Ugh. And like we were saying near the beginning, it's fine. Like I yeah. think the quote pretty much encapsulates the, the whole thing. Yep. Pretty nicely. You can use it to get into trouble and not out. Yeah. You can get into a situation and that's fine, but we need, but you need to see some, we need the, they need to come out a little different, you know? Yeah. We need to know that they overcame it. Yeah. It has to be just that. Hey, you're you're good. Yeah. Get out of jail free card. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's boring. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are are we good? I, I think. I feel like we're pretty good. I mean, it's not we, like we had a, a lot, lot of it's sp- obvious i will say yeah like yeah you know yeah people say this all the time you don't want to lean too heavily on coincidence but yeah. there's a time and a place and with the right purpose oh, behind it yes and if it you know indeed starts a story there's gonna it's more of that credibility we're talking about so long oh, as it informs the story instead of just enables it or distracts from it in all fairness this episode kind of came out of spite for that one commenter <laughs> because well because there are some people that might believe that you know you should never use coincidence and it's just like mm, it sounds I nice doesn't i it? think there's an yeah it sounds nice but i think there's a realistic argument to be made that you can't you really can't not have coincidence and there is a time and a place where a coincidence honestly might be more satisfying than if everything is planned out so or like you know or like you said with silent hill like if it was the town doing it that just kind of be that could be kind of like Oh, uh, okay. It's like okay, uh, like sure. It's like, all right. But it's like, hmm. but if it's coincidence, but it doesn't it's like, really oh, wow, change that, it that much. Like, yeah. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't really change it that much from just like, oh, they just found him at the graveyard. Yeah. That's where Angela so, was. But yeah. So yeah. But yeah. No, I think we we had a lot more specific examples covered up, but I really don't think, or we had a lot more specific. Oh my gosh. Logan. <sighs> We had a lot more specific examples to pull from, but I really don't think you need a ton because I think it's really, con- I, I, I don't know. I think it's really conceptual. I think if we were to just to give some of the examples that we had, I think we'd kind of be beating a dead horse and nobody likes that unless you're weird. Uh, <laughs> so it's easier than an alive horse. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> one more nugget of wisdom before we end this one. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for this week's discussion about coincidences and contrivances in fiction. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you for uh, listening. Um, this uh, might be the first Scott and Logan episode where I don't have to put spoilers in the title. Wow. Uh, so wow, this is actually this is actually gonna probably if you're still here. Thanks for listening, and you might be a little, we might be a little confused because, you know, I might have tricked you, depending Put on what I name it. Spoilers in the title. <laughs> there were some mild Pot- spoilers. Potentially discussed. spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the people are really like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll put mild, yeah, because we're not spoiling. <laughs> in any case, yeah. Th- thanks, at least in the thank you. Or something. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, always appreciate uh, people who take the time out of their day to listen to us ramble about bullshit and ramble out of spite. (laughs) 
But yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, thank you, Scott, for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I said that already like 15 times. You're going to hear it a 16th time. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will talk at you next week with, I guess, hopefully Maybe. more people. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Life's a bitch. Um. <laughs> so. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> talk to you. Talk at you next week. Goodbye.